Lovely, lovely, lovely. Good morning. It is Saturday, November the 24th. And uh, at the time of recording, it is just a few minutes past midnight. And uh, a very warm welcome to day 24 of Napod Pomo. Now, I promised you something today, and I am going to deliver. So on Wednesday, I sat down uh, quite late in the evening, actually. Oh, excuse me, in the UK time. And uh, had a nice long conversation with Jennifer Navarat, who is the creator of Napod Pomo. Now, in sitting down and talking with her, well, not literally, obviously, because we were kind of like a few thousand miles apart, um, the idea I had for this um, for this chat was in, in the form of an interview, where I had a, a list of questions I'd already come up with. And I was going to ask her those questions and she was going to answer them. That was my idea anyway. Well, what happened was something completely different. And it happened uh, in such a way that the interview itself didn't happen. And it became more of a general conversation between two people who seemingly had known each other for ages, despite the fact that the first time we spoke was at the beginning of this uh, this interview. And it flowed so well that actually there's no established start point of the interview itself, uh, which makes it very difficult for me to find a starting point to play you today. Now, I have got a full interview um, audio uh, laid out, which is about 56 minutes long. And I am going to release that as an episode on another feed to, to be determined. But today, I just want to share with you just an 11-minute uh, cut of that interview, just at the very start of it, at the start of the conversation. And we're going to join the conversation just at the point where I've asked Jennifer how she came up with the concept of Napod Pomo. You know, back in, um, I guess it was 2007, I had heard about this thing called NaNoWriMo, NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writers Month. And I was like, 50,000 words in a month. Wow, that's not me, but I think that's really awesome. And then I dug a little further and found that the bloggers were doing something very similar in the month of November. They were doing Pomo, which is National Blog Post Month. And I was like, yeah, blogging. Well, you know, podcasting, you you blog when you podcast. So I'm like, okay, that, that may be something. And then I was doing even more digging and found out that the video bloggers or vloggers, as it were more commonly known back then, were doing Pomo, And I was like, what? Get out of here. I'm like, cool. I'm totally digging this. I'm going to join the national, the one for podcasting. And I did digging and digging and digging. I, I searched around. I talked to fellow podcasters and people were like, no, nothing like that exists. And I was like, kind of outraged to some extent. <laughs> and at the same time, I was like, well, Hmm. Okay. Well, then I'm going to create it. And so that's how NAPOD POMO was born or National Podcast Post Month. And this was like three days before November 1st. So it wasn't like we put a lot of a lot of time and effort into kind of launching it. It was just, I'm kind of a fly by the seat of my pants girl. Everything I've done has been something that I've been like, hey, that's kind of cool. 
I want to check that out. And then I kind of muck around in it. And then I'm like, hey, that's really cool. And then I start telling people about it. And so if you look at the history of everything that I've done from starting podcasting back in 2005 to really what I do even today, it has a lot to do with me just being naturally curious and and wanting to dig and, and figure stuff out. And then once I figure it out and think it's kind of cool, I like to tell other people about it. So that's been what I've been doing since, well, really all my life, but in this space since 2005. That's really awesome. Um, I'm very tickled by the fact that you only had three days of planning before you actually started it. Was was there much much planning involved in getting uh, Napod Pomo ready for launch by November the 1st? At the time, there was something called Ning. I guess Ning might still be around. I'm not quite sure. Um, and at the and so we we launched it off of Ning, um, created a group inside of Ning, um, you know, kind of got everybody going with it and, and just started telling everybody to spread the word. And, and by the time it was done, by the time that very first month was complete, 50 people had joined in and participated at some level. Um, as, as usual, you know, National Podcast Post Month, 30 days, 30 podcasts, that's a big commitment. So not everybody finishes, but people participate. And in my mind, if you're willing to take the dive in, you've you've already won just for kind of doing something that other, you know, usually friends and family think you're nuts. Um, And if you're willing to dive in and do it with us as a community, then you've already won whether you actually complete the 30 days or not. Now, granted, it is very, very nice to complete the 30 days. It's a wonderful sense of accomplishment. And you can use the little I did it badge on your blog or your podcast site, you know, with pride. But I've, I've talked to people who over the years have shared all kinds of stories of how, National Podcast Post Month has, um, you know, improved or impacted or, you know, the things that they learned or the people that they met. And it's all because of this. And as somebody who likes to organize community groups and events, that kind of is something that I really get into. I mean, I've done, you know, pod camp here in San Antonio, bar camp, startup weekend, you know, tweet camp, Moby camp. I mean, we did a lot of that stuff here in San Antonio. And I was the organizer, you know, as well as, you know, with a whole host of other folks. But when you get people together and meaningful conversation happens or it has this big impact in their life or even a small one where they felt listened to, that's exciting. And that's kind of what keeps drives drives me forward and keeps me moving on with things because it's not about the numbers. Don't get me wrong. If you've got 100,000 people or 10,000 or 1,000 people doing something, that's really great. But if you have 10 people in a room and you have meaningful conversation and people take action that's really where the power is. And and so things like Napod Pomo that are a small, intimate community, I'm okay with that. I, I don't, if it grows, great. If you, the fact that you, this is your fifth year, which by the way, also, when I was listening to your podcast and you were saying this was your fifth year, I was like, how come I don't know about this man? How is it that I haven't been subscribed to his podcast? Where have I been? <laughs> I felt like shame on me for not, you know, digging deeper and finding out who all these amazing people are that are, that are participating in this space, you know, for 30 days a year, you know, once a year. Part of that was on me. Um, I haven't been particularly um, sharing, shall we say, uh, with with the the, the years I, I've done the project. I did it three years in a row between 2010 and, and 2012. Uh, and I do actually remember the Ning uh, the Ning network that was created. I actually signed up for it and uh, and sort of made my presence known there. Um, but I I'd seem to do these things a bit more independently um, than I should do. And it's only this year I've actually been quite 
um, upfront with posting on social media and such like. Every t- every every day an episode gets released, I post it on social media. Now I'm not particularly prevalent on social media, and at the moment is the only thing I'm posting on there. But because of, I've, I've been podcasting since 2006, um, so you know a, a short, a small time shorter than than yourself, but the the success that we've had with the the primary podcast that I've been doing for you know nearly 11 years now hasn't been that great and I think a lot of it comes down to you know getting out there and 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 sharing that knowledge and that well really the fact that you're doing a podcast in the first place um it's not the kind of thing you 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 shout about you go into a room of people you've never seen before oh hey by the way I'm a podcaster and you kind of get these really dodgy sidelong looks thinking you know who is this bloke but maybe that is the way it should be done maybe we should be a lot more upfront about about the things that that we do in the in the podcasting space and i th- i think that that measure of of success and i i totally agree with you i think with it doesn't matter how many people are listening it doesn't matter how many people are participating when i first started podcasting it was i think we had 10 listeners for the first 10 episodes it was it was nothing more than that but going back to to Napod Pomo, and I, I understand that there were I think fifty participants in the first year that it ran. Do you do you feel that was successful in in terms of the number of people that did participate? And if so, have you then been surprised at all by the level of success that you've seen in subsequent years? I was shocked that fifty people decided to join us when it was all said and done because it was a crazy idea. I mean, you know, I've done a lot of crazy things in in regards to this where, you know, you're talking about how no one knows what you're doing. And if you say it, people look at you weird. I remember those days when I would go to business meetings and mixers and I would talk about podcasting, like number one, had anybody heard of it? Number two, were they listening to any? Or number three, were they actually podcasting? I People thought I was speaking Klingon. I, I might as well have been. You know, I was speaking a foreign language that no one understood. And, you know, people kind of get those eyes glazed over things. So I know exactly what you're talking about, where people don't get it. Um, But what started happening as the years went by is that then social media started becoming a little bit more prevalent. And people would walk up to me at these mixers and go, hey, you know, you've been talking about that, you know, the social media and the blogging and podcasting for a while now. Can you come speak to our group? Can you come to our lunch and learn? Can you come to our breakfast meeting? Can you come and talk to my company? By the way, can we hire you? And so my career that I have now all stems from me going out there and kind of being bold and not being afraid to get those weird looks and, 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 you know, just being so excited about it. I'm still jazzed about this stuff. The fact that podcasting now, you know, you and I have been in there from the early days when it was just a bunch of us geeks and, and we loved it. You know, it was fantastic. Now, you know, of course, everybody and their brother has heard about this and more people know, and it's fantastic. And there's a little part of me that is kind of like that get off the lawn, get off my lawn version of me. (laughs) But most of me, I'd say a good, you know, percentage of me is super duper excited that the world has discovered this thing that I have been in love with for years. And it's only good stuff for us. The challenge about being an early adopter, as as you mentioned uh, a little while ago, is that, you know, for a long time, it's like 10 people are following you or, you know, and, and, and it's small. And so you you kind of feel you can feel a little burnt out by it. But I think now if we just can stay jazzed about it, this is this prime time of us being in this space. 
and and it it is it does take a little bit of boldness to step out there. But I will tell you now that when I talk to people about what I'm doing, that people are like, really? Like they can't they want to hear more. It's a totally different experience now to talk about podcasting than it was back in those early days when people when I was speaking Klingon. Now the rest of the world speaks Klingon, too, or at least they've got their translator on and they can understand me. So, yeah, um, I, I hear you as far as the success goes. You know, I think because I've always been the fly by the seat of my pants gal, that is a really great thing. But it's also not a great thing because I'm not really structured. I'm not really um, organized yet. I've organized events, groups. I mean, I've done, you know, lots of things, but longevity, like having somebody who's like the really structured person, I probably could use those kinds of people in my life because I do kind of do things last minute. And even though I know these things roll around every year, for some reason, just like Christmas, it always seems to surprise me that, oh, my God, it's only so many days till Christmas. What? How did this happen? And <laughs> <laughs> and yet, you know, I know it's coming every year. I know Napod or I know these things are coming every year. But because I'm always kind of shiny object syndrome with everything, um, it always it always is a surprise. So you typically find me kind of scrambling at the last minute trying to pull things together. And I'm really grateful that the community is so generous and giving that, you know, hey, everybody's busy. And if you're going to join Napod, Pomo. For you, you're probably thinking about it in maybe September, but more likely October. And then you're diving in trying to make it fit into your busy life as the holidays are approaching and things are happening. So I'm, I'm just glad. I'm just jazzed that people want to be part of it at all. So they have it. There's the uh, 11 minute segment of that interview. Like I say, there is a lot more of it. And I'm, I feel very blessed to have, have spent this time with, with Jennifer and, uh, and, yeah, it would, it's such an insightful conversation. So keep an ear out because I will be posting the full uh, interview at a later date, uh, not during Napa Pomo. I'll do it at another time. But uh, I'm going to kind of leave uh, leave it there because um, yeah, because I want to like whet your appetite for uh, to, uh, to hear the rest of it. So uh, I do want to acknowledge the fact that I made. Uh, a mistake in that interview is I said I started podcasting in 2006. Uh, it was actually 2008, uh, not 2006. Um, but uh, I didn't realize I'd said it until after I listened back to it. Uh, you can find out more information about Jennifer and reach out to her on Twitter at ePodcaster. And I'll stick a link into the show notes as well. But uh, it kind of goes without saying it was. It was a, a brilliant opportunity, I think, to to spend some time with the the creator of of, of this project that um, that I'm participating in again, um, and just yeah, just to get some insight as to as to how it all happened. So yeah, it's all good, all good. Anyway, I think it's bedtime for me. It's now twenty two minutes past midnight on Saturday morning. Uh, thank you very much indeed to uh, Steve and also to Caroline, who both gave some suggestions for what I could call my podcast feed going forward once Napopomo is finished. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'll be back on Sunday morning with a slightly more uh, normal episode. <laughs> What's normal anyway? So have a great Saturday and I will speak to you tomorrow. Ta-da. Ta-da.